Hello and welcome to Cutting Through the Bull in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben. As always, I'm joined by Mike. Hello. And Claire. Hi. And today we're we're on Skype again because we're still all locked down and obeying the law. Because we're not just cool enough to be anarchists. We're just like cool full stop. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm pretty cool. Don't know about you lot. I'm pretty cool. I think I'm pretty cool. Just you then, Mike. <laughs> What's me? Sorry, mate. I'm the only one that's living in reality, mate. <laughs> you gain nothing from being cool, do you really? No, but you know, we either way doesn't matter. We're, we're recording on Skype, so apologies for the sound quality. Today, we're going to talk about the secrets of Antarctica. Because I think we can. Not only is it um, quite a mysterious place, it's also got some shit going down. Apparently, allegedly, Nazis, flat Earth, the firmament, maybe giants. Who knows? Giants, really? Maybe. I didn't read about that. I've got a few of them. I've read about a few of them, but not well, giants. If you go down into the hollow earth where the entrances are at the poles, then you may see giants. Right, okay. Or Germans. Or Germans. Uh, Nazi giants. Nazi, oh God, you don't want Nazi. If they'd have had Nazi giants, they might have actually won the war. Uh-huh. Yeah, before that, we'll thank some new and returning listeners, and then we'll crack on with some weird news before we get into the main cut and thrust of it. Mike, would you like to do the honours? Can do. Okay, Niles, Michigan. Plano, Texas. Amsterdam, Netherlands. Edmonton, Canada. Media, Pennsylvania. Los Angeles, California. Montreal, Canada. Johor, Baru, Malaysia. Ooh, that's a new one. Armenia, Colombia. That's confusing. It's not Armenia, the country. Telford, UK. Yay. Mark Yate, UK. Mark not... Yate? <laughs> yeah, it's a place name, apparently. All one word, Mark Yate. All right. All right, okay. Never heard of it. No, no, mate. Welcome. London, UK. Top three, Hearn Bay, UK. Benford, Indiana. And Boulder, Colorado. Well, I think the bar in Boulder, we haven't had them two before. No. Where's Shady Nasty gone? Uh, not in top 50 this week. Oh man, maybe we've just insulted them too much. <laughs> well, we've had a bit of a break, haven't we? Had a few weeks off. Yeah. This is true. An end of season break. Yeah, lockdown, lockdown craziness and that. Very true. So, thank you everyone for listening. We'll do some weird news then. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. So I'll start then from the fantastic website phantomsandmonsters.com. Fuck me, where'd you find them then? <laughs> Just crops up on my Facebook feed. 
They know what he likes. They do. Second sighting of winged humanoid in Newton Abbott, Devonshire, England. Ever heard of the first one? Well, no, neither would I, but this one's from the sixth, it's from literally this weekend. So a um, Mothman-like winged humanoid was recently observed by a witness in Newton Abbott, Devonshire, England. The same witness had a similar sighting in 2019. Oh, fuck off. He said him twice? Yeah. <laughs> That's his fucking stalking him. <laughs> Maybe. At least he's not getting the stodgy phone calls. <laughs> Yet. Mothman. You don't think it was like that that floating ship, you know, the, the way that the weather is and it, it, you know, causes an optical illusion. And I oh, saw no. that floating ship. It was pretty you cool. You saw that it... floating ship, did you, Ben? It was well, you... I, I saw a picture of it. Obviously, I wasn't out breaking lockdown rules at the beach or nothing. <laughs> well, I think it was something like that, you know, this Mothman sighting, you know, the weather was just the right conditions and it makes, you know, a, a shady looking character, a little bit of red in there. Well, <laughs> well, let's get into it. What did he say, Bert? He said, in the early hours of the morning, I saw a Mothman-type cryptid creature outside in the back garden. I know this sounds absolutely absurd, but it's true. I'd just come down the stairs to get a cold drink from the fridge and only just walked into the kitchen where I saw a large shadow quickly move past the window. I thought to myself, did I really just see that or did I imagine it? I then walked over to the fridge, opened the door, got out the drink, Closed the door to the fridge and then turned around. And my total surprise, I saw something once again dart across the window before it moved across the garden over into the shadows. I immediately ran up to the back door and looked through the glass window pane. It was dark out there and the only light was coming from the moon and an adjacent house. I looked around the garden and I couldn't see anything. I thought to myself, that's rather strange. It must be my eyes playing tricks on me. Then it happened. I closed the doors of the fridge once again and turned around only to be completely shocked by what I saw. I couldn't believe it. There was a cryptic creature that was standing there by the wall. It was huge in stature. I would estimate that it was about nine foot tall and appeared to be humanoid. It had bat-like wings that were stretched out and it had such a tremendous wingspan, I thought, what the hell could that be? Uh... It, didn't it didn't look real. It had a rubber-looking texture to it. And at first I thought it was someone in a suit mucking around outside. I was then completely dumbfounded when this thing turned and actually took off from the back garden where it flew up into the night sky with moonlight softly illuminating it. <laughs> it didn't go, I'm Batman. No, uh. it didn't. It didn't. The strange thing was that all this week in the early hours of the morning, I had been hearing something large moving around on the roof of the house. Could it have been this strange cryptid creature? It'd be pretty clunky on top of your roof, don't you think? A nine-foot creature. <laughs> clunky? <laughs> it's like some little, like, squirrel just, like, you know, tip-tapping across, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking roof tiles flying off and everything. I'd imagine that Mothman, despite being nine feet tall, has probably very, got a very gentle tread. Uh what, he, he does a little flap of his wings as he walks, so he Maybe. looks like he's almost hovering. I mean, yeah, how big his wingspan, did he say? No, just that it was huge. Well, if he's nine foot, you know, you'd imagine it to be at least sort of 18 feet. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck me. No one else saw it. But... Yeah, it was the early hours of the morning, and then it just flew off into the moon. <laughs> right, okay. 
I think we, I thought we all agreed on the Mothman episode that Mothman was a legitimate phenomenon, or was that just my imagination? That's your imagination, just like uh, Mothman. Yeah, just like this guy. But but Mothman, hero or villain? He's just, if anything, he's some sort of freaky, freaky bugger that's just like you know stalking people. There is a bit of a stalkery thing with Mothman, isn't there? Because, I mean, all them phone calls he made to the people at Chernobyl, hanging around gardens, looking through windows, chasing cars. He's a bit of a stalker. Yeah, he's a bit freaky. He's not right. But is he, is he, was he, is he warming, warning the inhabitants of Newton Abbott about some terrible disaster that's about to happen? No, because he doesn't exist. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, Mike. I'm pretty sure there's not a nine-foot winged creature lurking about in Devon. Why not? I think he's a bit of a, a voyeur, I do, as opposed to, like, you know, trying to warn people. He's just watching shit go down. <laughs> Do you think that maybe this isn't Mothman? This is just a bloke in a suit. <laughs> well, he said he flew off, didn't he? I think it's a fucking dream, to be fair. It's the second time he's seen him, Mike. Second dream he's had about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there's no... Where's, where's your... I want to believe, man. Yeah, I want to believe, but I need evidence, man. What? Eyewitness testimony, Mike? It's oh, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. And you know, and it's coming from phantasmmonsters.com. <laughs> It's hey, even true. They're a very reputable website, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other day, I read an article on there about an Irish farmer who has such good land because of the fairies that live on it. I think it's more likely you listened to the episode on Mothman and then had a bad dream. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Look, if there's physical evidence, if there's a photo or... DNA evidence left in his big piles of shit that are going to be everywhere. <laughs> and I'll be up for it. But until there's solid evidence, I've got to remain sceptical, I'm afraid. i just got visions of him, like, looking at the window and Mothman's actually just squatting there having a shit <laughs> in his back garden. <laughs> the back garden's my litter tray. How are you get the fuck out of me? And he's all shit. Flap, flap, off it goes. What do you do if you need a poo in an English country garden? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Mike, what do you do? He's squat. Well, if I see that, I'll just shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to make it my mission to track down Mothman and game on the show for an interview. Right. I can well, say good luck with that. That's all I need. That's all I need to hear. All right, uh, next one. Solar power satellites that could beam energy to anywhere on Earth successfully tested by Pentagon scientists. You say energy, I say death ray. Yeah. At first glance, you think, ooh, that's good. And you, and you realise that it's probably going to be a death ray, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was good for a second there. What sort of energy and what, you know, would, would you have like an antenna to catch it? What, what, how does it well, work? I'm not sure. Let's see what they say. The photovoltaic radio frequency antenna module, or PRAM for sure. <laughs> okay. 
is currently the size of a pizza box, but the technology could be scaled up in order to send massive amounts of clean and renewable energy to Earth via microwaves. Don't microwaves or can't microwaves, like intense microwaves, literally boil all the blood in your body until you just go pop? Of course. Yeah, it's you a never, death ray then, isn't it? Have you never put a small animal in a microwave? Colin says I have. I'm not a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that, please. <laughs> but I imagine that's what would happen if you did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still going. Unless this article's going to convince me, I'm still going to say death ray. <laughs> well, the solar panel, which was launched into orbit last year by the US Air Force's secretive X-37B space plane, retains energy from sunlight that does not pass through the Earth's atmosphere. This means it is able to harness solar energy in a way that is impossible with terrestrial setups. In all fairness, I'm surprised we hadn't thought of this earlier. Because mm. it's like, oh, what's space full of? Well, unused sunlight. You know, of there's course. loads of... Yeah. So it's like, why are we building millions and millions of solar panels on Earth when we could just put them in space and use it that way? That's it, be way more powerful because... The heat doesn't have to get through the atmosphere to get to the Earth. That's it, yeah. The solar panels on the on the surface. But aren't solar panels like only like twenty percent, thirty percent effective? Oh, I don't know about that. I've no idea. I know my dad's got enough of them on top of his house. Yeah. I do know one stat. I've probably said it before, but if you put solar panels in the whole of the Sahara Desert, it would power the world, world's energy. Well, yeah, that's good. Yeah, but this sounds like it could be even better. Why aren't they filling the desert? I suppose wouldn't they just get like covered over in sand over time? You'd mm. have to have dudes going out and like yeah, off every every now and again, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd have to do that. Mm. Be that's fucking cool. up though, stood in front of one of them panels. Oh <laughs> yeah, Ugh, yeah, pretty. I pretty boil you to death. So, so they send it from the from these, uh, you know, in microwaves, Mike. That's what they say, yeah. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. You're not meant to stand too near your microwave, let alone. <laughs> yeah, but you're not standing next to it, are you? It's in space, and it, I assume it's going to be collected. So, do you think they'd send it to some sort of main pan, like some some main like antenna, as opposed to send it down to each house? Oh, yeah, yeah, they'd send it down to some kind of, like, antenna and then it'd be spread out, wouldn't it? Yeah. Although it says here, to realise the potential of this, you'd need a kilometre-wide space antenna. Ooh. Which is probably still isn't that big. Yeah, it's pretty big, though, isn't it? Yeah. And, and <sighs> have to get it can it be done, but... Yeah. Mm. Well, yes. Add, yeah. got a, beach, a lot of debris right in space at the moment, haven't we? There's a lot of um, junk floating around. It's all very well going, oh, yeah, we'll rely entirely on these solar panel uh, satellites, and then three of them get taken out by flecks of paint floating around, and the next thing you know, we've got an energy crisis. Yeah. We need some sort of, like, intergalactic... Well, not intergalactic. Some sort of truck that can scoop up all the bloody... Shit, don't they? They have been working on something like that. Have they? Yeah, they have, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like it's like a little satellite that goes around with a net. Yeah. 
But, but some of the pieces are flying at, like, you know, quite some speed, yeah. Speed, aren't they? So it's going to have to be a good net. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, a fleck of paint going around the earth, well, if it hits something, will go off with the same force as a hand grenade. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be, you know, you're going to really have to clean stuff up or put them in a higher orbit. I'll probably do that, yeah, to be fair. Yeah, it might be easier to just bat them away, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And I mean, it's, they'll be able to beam this stuff anywhere. Although, is this to obviously free power? Is it a death rate? Is it actually just a space weapon that's going to point out instead of in? I guess you could angle it wherever you want, yeah. So it could be used as a weapon to an outside threat from Earth. So, you know, Independence Day 2, yeah, yeah. we had that. Earth's defence grid that didn't last very long because the ship was like half the size of the planet. But yeah. in theory, it was there. Yeah. Solar powered, presumably. Yeah. Is this just proving Solar Warden's real? And uh, Honestly, it's it's for energy use. Yeah. Nah, who knows, man? Who knows? I'm not buying it. It's this is this is for Earth defence. Well, if if they're gonna, you know, make us it sort of more sustainable energy, and they can prove it's safe, I'm up for it. Well, yeah, I mean, if it is legitimately for you know energy, then that'd be great. Well, technology's you know, neutral, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's not good or evil. It, it's the user that, that decides that. So, yeah, it depends on whose hands it's in, doesn't it? It's is in the it hands neutral, that... though? I wouldn't say like a nuclear weapon was a neutral <laughs> thing. It is neutral. It depends if you want to use it as a bomb because you can use it to get to gain energy instead, couldn't you? So we you could, but no, I wouldn't say that a semi-automatic weapon is, is neutral. <laughs> it's got a pretty fun. It's got a pretty. It's designed to do one thing, isn't it? It could. It could be designed to spray helpful bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or start multiple foot races. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I guess yeah. but I'm struggling to think of more peaceful <laughs> applications for a semi-automatic <laughs> weapon uh, yeah, just me All right. I still think that's going to be a death ray possible isn't it Claire would you like to do the next one then yeah so a pack of blue dogs was found roaming near a, a shuttered chemical plant in Russia yeah, apparently it's a mystery. <laughs> so, it's not a mystery, though, is it? Not really. <laughs> so this is like the, the bright blueing, really sort of smurf blueing colour. They uh, are, man. They are totally. This factory in right. I'm going to try and say uh, it. good luck. Dzeraskoy. Ostaklo? Dzerzinsk? Is it? Okay. Anyway, so. Oh, that was terrible. But anyway, <laughs> the factory's been closed for six years and these blue dogs have been seen roaming there ever since. Oh, fuck me. I hope they're okay. Yeah, well, me too. It was a chemical factory, you see. <laughs> So there was photos put all over Russian social media and, you know, people are going, what's going on? You know, and calling them Smurf dogs and stuff. So as the strange 
picture spread, so did the demand for answers. Because the dogs were spotted near... The, I'm just going to say the chemical factory. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, go for that. Go it for closed that. after it went bankrupt in 2015. So they've, they've been, um, you know, exposed to chemical residue. The dogs have supposedly rolled in copper sulfate, a bright blue ingredient used in the manufacturing of plexiglass and hydrocyanic acid, which the factory once produced. Oh, fucking wow. hell. So the bankrupt manager, I should imagine, is doing fuck all. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's actually um, being a dick about it, in all fairness. <laughs> so these homeless dogs are running around the... I'm surprised that, you know, they haven't been sort of rounded up and sold off as a uh, sort of... Designer yeah, pets. Yeah, designer pets. Look at these dogs. Smurf yeah, dogs. You, you, can, <laughs> you can buy, like, designer fish. They've they've inserted a gene into them that makes them bioluminescent, like goldfish. Yeah, that's fucked up, isn't it? So soon you probably have like <laughs> bioluminescent dogs and cats. <laughs> well, that would help them out at night. It certainly would. But it would also put the flashing dog collar business as um <laughs> out, wouldn't it? Yeah, the flashing dog collar industry yeah. will be out of business. Oh well, maybe the times will die, Ben. That's capitalism. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, he shrug- he shrugged off the responsibility of getting the dogs back to a normal colour um, oh, or helping treating. Not even you know willing to capture them and help with the sterilisation project that they're going for because they've got a lot of strays and whatnot. So yeah, it's it's down to the sort of city around it to uh, yeah. Then it says the Russian uh, news agencies reported the city would round up the dogs. So, thankfully, someone stepped in. Socialism again, isn't it? Capitalism lets them run free because it's too costly to do it. The state has to pick it up, doesn't it? Yeah. The activists are saying, you know, they don't know the long-term effects on the dogs. Oh, and it's an obvious welfare issue. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, you don't know what they're, you know, the dogs could be producing sort of long-term deaths of litters or, you know, dogs that are... Deformed. Deformed and stuff, in it. Mutant dogs aren't good boys and girls. They just hmm. bring, you know, they've got an t- insatiable taste for human flesh. <laughs> Mutant dogs. <clears throat> Who's to say? Well, you never know, do you? You well, don't. it looks like they're going to get the help they need now, so that's good. Well, I hope so. Otherwise, I won't be very happy. I'll go rushing myself, moan. <laughs> well, I should imagine now they've got a bit of publicity, uh, you know, there'll be some sort of Blue Dog Foundation or something. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. I want a whole tribe of blue dogs now. <laughs> Why not? Okay, so let's talk about Antarctica. I'll start with a bit of conspiracy theory first. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, you can't go to Antarctica if you want to, according to the Flat Earth Society. Can't go there unless your government. Yeah, nope, apparently not. Can't go there. Nope. Don't know why. They say it's because of the ice wall or the firmament. Would you know what the firmament is, guys? It's in the Bible, isn't it? That's right. It's a giant dome. Think of the Simpsons movie. 
Mm. Yeah. And that dome they put on Springfield, that is the firmament in the in the biblical sense of the flat earth. Right. Now, because it's the earth is flat and that is the biggest secret on the planet, you can't go there because you'll see that the truth. Well, you see the edge of the dome. <laughs> You'd see the dome or the wall. Uh, Maybe you just fall off the edge if you go up the wall. I don't know. Fucking ridiculous. Maybe if you get some some Spider Man suction cup things going on, you could scale the inside of the dome. Right. You know, all the way up. Where's the dome covering though? What's it? What's it protecting? It's protecting the the Earth, the flat Earth. Right. It's protecting all of that. From, I presume it's, it functions as a bit of an atmosphere going on. Like, okay. Didn't do much good for the dinosaurs when that fucking meteorite came streaking through, though, did it? No. Then <laughs> again, flat Earth people also, the permanent believers also think the Earth is 6,000 years older than man and dinosaurs lived together. <laughs> <laughs> so we can probably discount them as being fucking lunatics, in all fairness. Yeah. Well, the flat earth thing, it puzzles me. I mean, we talked, we did an episode, it was a very early episode on this, wasn't it? Like episode five or something like that. Yeah. Going through all these arguments and uh, counter arguments for a flat earth. And really, it's just a load of bollocks. The earth is very round and very spherical. <laughs> Apparently, it's more spherical than a snooker ball. Wow. So if you blew up a snooker ball to the size of the earth, yeah, the ridges and the indentations and the imperfections on the on the edge of that ball will be larger than the mountains on Earth. Really? Yeah, that's how smooth the Earth is. Yeah. Well, it doesn't look very fucking smooth to me. Oh no, because <laughs> obviously mountains to us are high, but considering the whole of the Earth, they're tiny. But what if that giant snooker ball then decides to run roughshod around the solar system, uh, knocking planets out of sync? Uh, that reminds me of Red Dwarf episode. Yeah. Where he's playing pool with the planets. That's it. <laughs> Prince of the Planet Potters. Uh, yep. What's his name? Chinzano Dave. Chinzano <laughs> Bianco Lister. That's it. <laughs> uh, you, can't play, you can't play pool, you've had eight cans. I'm not pished. <laughs> you have to get you have to get somewhere between sort of like tipsy and bladded, don't you? You have to get that right sort of mix. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But the flat Earth thing, I mean, these people are in Antarctica. Uh, you've got plenty of uh, research stations, a lot of military bases, not loads of military bases, but certainly military outposts on Antarctica. There's two towns on Antarctica as well. There is. In the, what is technically like a desert. It is. It's the driest and coldest place on Earth. Yeah. Which is nuts. There's some places that haven't seen rainfall. I'm sure it's for like millennia. That's a possibility. I think we've got that in the... Oh, yeah, two million years. I'll do that one now. There are places in Antarctica which haven't received rain or snow in two million years. That was longer than I thought then, yeah. Two million, not 2,000. Fuck me. One percent of the continent is permanently ice-free. They're called dry valleys or Antarctic oasis. Oh. 
thought to be the world's harshest deserts. I thought there'd have been quite a bit of snow, but I suppose, well, there obviously isn't. Strange, isn't it? Yeah, you'd think so. You think, fuck me, if it's going to snow anywhere, it's going to be Antarctica. Yeah. But or... I suppose every, every bit of moisture in the air turns into like a mini, you know, I'm talking, you know, really mini crystal. So it, it's almost. Oh, I don't know about that. Is that, is that true? Well, no, what I'm saying is, when you know when you see people walking through Antarctica and that, like, and you see the wind, and it's almost got a bit, we can almost see the wind. Yeah. That, you know, every bit of moisture's mm. it's so cold turning into a, a bit of, so it's not quite snow, it's almost like little miniature crystals, I suppose. Uh-huh. That's the only reason you'd see the wind, isn't it? Really. Sort of wind and, and taking the taking the the top bit of frost as well, isn't it? Mm. Um, all I know is that it'll freeze the moisture in your eyeballs if you don't wear goggles. There you go. Yeah, it's like taking a piss. Some people have said that it's freezing before it's hit the ground. <laughs> oh, imagine having to snap it off. Oh, you know, oh. I think I'd just piss in my fucking suit, to be honest. Yeah, then your old fucking crotch will freeze, won't it? Yeah. You don't, you don't want that. Oh, no. Frostbite on your balls. Nah, no. I don't, want, don't want them turning black, having to remove them with a junior hacksaw. Oh. <laughs> shriveled bollocks you have to fucking hack off. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Talking about bollocks, though. Yeah. There has only ever been one match on Tinder in Antarctica. Uh. <laughs> An American scientist who was conducting research in Antarctica decided to log on to Tinder just for fun. First, no profile showed up, but after the scientist expanded the app's location ranges, he actually found someone, another researcher, just a mere 45-minute helicopter ride away. He swiped right, and a few minutes later, she replied and matched, making it the first Tinder match in Antarctica. Wow. To ride. That's got to be a fair few miles. 45 minutes in a helicopter. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, it's probably going to be a few hundred miles, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, come on. But, yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing, though, isn't it? What, the Tinder still works in Antarctica? Well, I mean, it just... too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, he's lucky that she had the notifications turned on, otherwise she'd have never known. Uh-huh. All right, let's go back Hold to... Hold on, I've got one more. I've got another fact here. Oh, go on then. about romance and bollocks. The world's oldest sperm was found in Antarctica. No way. <laughs> back in 2015, scientists from Sweden found a 50-million-year-old fossilised clitolate worm cocoon in Antarctica which contain the world's oldest sperm. The sperm of this worm is very short-lived and extremely hard to find. However, because it was trapped in a jelly-like cocoon before it hardened, it was preserved for millions of years. Wow. Well, fucking hell. It's just <laughs> one big sperm bank, in it. <laughs> as long as it's not like a giant sperm that's going to come back to life and start rampaging around. I wonder what they've done with said sperm. Who's to say? Thawed it out, sold it, <laughs> it, thrown it in uh, someone's face for a laugh. <laughs> I don't know. I'd imagine they've gone, oh, look at that. 
So we've been around. <laughs> Can we talk about Blood Falls? Okay. There's a waterfall in Antarctica called Blood Falls, and it is, it is as it says, it is powered by the blood of the innocent. Nah. No, not really. It's a brain, brain, brain. I just say, I say brain. I say brain. Some people say, may, may say you brine. say brain. I yeah. say brain. You say brain, don't you? Tune in brain. You say tune in brain. Well, I do. I'm eating tuna in breed in my garage. <laughs> I don't have a garage, though. I have a car hole. <laughs> car hole. <laughs> anyway, after millions of years, glaciers formed on top of the Lake of Brine and froze, and the water became incredibly salty. Today, the subglacial lake under Blood Falls is three times saltier than seawater and therefore is too salty to freeze. The water which feeds the blood falls, contains a lot of iron picked up from the underlying bedrock. And when iron-rich water comes in contact with the air, the iron oxidizes and takes on a red colouring, leaving blood-like stains on the ice. This is pretty fucking metal. Yeah, it does look like there's, someone's carved a wound, open wound in fucking the earth, and it's just gushing blood. Yeah. Metal! That's oh, cool. yes, you do say there's two towns, Mike, yeah. So are you all right? I'll read. Do, you want, do you want to read that one out? No, because I don't know what it is. You better do it. All right, I'm on it now. Two towns, two civilian towns in these... Uh, where are they? On this... Uh, the, the bit where it's all deserty. There is Villa Las Estrellas, the Stars Town, founded in 1984 by General Pinochet. Fuck of people who wanted to reaffirm Chile's presence in the region. And the other is an Argentinian research station, and it's called Esperanza Base. Mm. It houses 55 inhabitants in winter, including 10 families and two school teachers. Wow. And in 1978, the first person to be born in Antarctica was born in the town. Well, bless him. Emilio Marcos Palmer. I bet they've got a shit football team. <laughs> <laughs> is there any him? Oh, I'm sure there's a few more. I, bet they have, I wonder if they have got a, enough for a football team. Well, maybe. Maybe they have to hook up with the Chileans over the, over the glacier. Oh, you can't do that. You can't play for another country. You're going to be born in the country, haven't you? Well, yeah, but I mean, if it's just a friendly kickabout. I'm going to take Antarctica to the World Cup. <laughs> I'm certainly going to win the qualifying section, aren't I? Well, it depends where they put you. Well, that's a good point. Put me in South be... America, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. even, in, even in Oceania, it's going to be a struggle. Well, that's it, because it technically doesn't have a time zone. But if it's its own continent, then automatic qualification. <laughs> <laughs> you probably have to do a playoff like the New Zealanders do. Well, maybe, but if you, I mean, what if you play off against New Zealand? Oh, we could have New Zealand, come on. I don't think you could, they did, he did it earlier, the last World Cup. <laughs> of course they couldn't have Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we left back to England. But you got ten humans. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting you, you say the left back's a penguin, because they, they banned sled dogs. When? In 1994, they banned sled dogs. Oh, why? I thought you could still do, you know, a bit of that. Yeah, 
when they yeah, first... in 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 the Arctic, but not the Antarctic. Right. Yeah, when they went there originally, nineteen eleven. Because remember, it was nineteen eleven when when someone got to the North Pole, South Pole for the first time. Mm-hmm. That was uh, Roel Amundsen, right? He took sled dogs with him. The British under under um, Captain Robert Falcon Scott did things the British way and hauled the supplies themselves. Damn it! Which is why they lost. Yeah, and toes and feet. <laughs> No, they all died. Yeah, totally lost them. Yeah, they, they they literally got there, saw the flag and went, oh, fuck. <laughs> and had to walk all the way back. They didn't make it all the way back. They were trying to get to a supply dump, but it just got too cold. And hence the um, famous line from Captain Oates, I'm just going outside. I may be some time. Oh. Have they found the bodies yet? No. No, I'd imagine they're under about three miles of ice by now. Yeah, good point. They were banned from the continent in 93 because of the, the, the worries about the wildlife. So you'd have a load of sled dogs just hunting seals or something. Yeah. So they, that's why they banned them then? Yeah. And canine distemper in, amongst spreading to the population. Ooh. But on the plus side, there's no ants. Or <laughs> <That's> something. <laughs> you know? But on the other side of that, if you want to find a meteorite with potential alien life in it, then chances are Antarctica's going to be the place to go. Why is that? Because more meteorites are found there than anywhere else in the world. Hence, obviously, The Thing was clearly a documentary and not a film. Right. You know, wasn't that, well, that was in Antarctica, wasn't it? The Thing. I can't remember, was it? Or was it well, the Arctic? Way, I can't remember. Either way, it was somewhere fucking cold and it was an alien, so it's good enough for me. Yeah, it was a fucking awesome film, that. Creepy as shit, especially when that head gets the spider legs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is creepy. Um, but yeah, 20,000 samples of rock from unknown sources have been collected since 1976, so if there's alien life, it's, mm. it's crashed to Earth, chances are it's going to be in Antarctica. Yeah, and do you know why most meteorites are found... In the Antarctica, then? It's a bigger thing and there's no one about, I guess. Because it is like a huge, huge landmass, isn't it? Yeah. It's because the pull of the poles, no? Colour of the what? No, the the pull of the, the, you know, the the, the gravitational pull and that and the poles. Nope. No? No, it gets distributed evenly over over the Earth. We just find more in the Antarctica and the Arctic. Because, simply because it's a white landscape. I was thinking that, and I thought that's too simple. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's just because the the meteorites are black normally. Yeah. (laughs) It leaves a massive smoking crater of melted ice behind it when it hits. It's just easy to see black objects on white. That's it. Well, I'm sure there's something racist in that statement, but we'll gloss over (laughs) it. And to give you an idea of the size of Antarctica, though, the largest recorded iceberg is was the size of Jamaica. Fuck. It broke off and it was uh, 183 miles long and 23 miles wide with a surface area of 4,200 square miles. So it was bigger than Jamaica. I'm surprised somebody didn't claim it. <laughs> well, you'd think that, but it just kind of broke up and then presumably went on to, you know, get in the way of shipping. Yeah. Yeah, Antarctica's one and a half times the size of US. It's a big place. Wow. 
Interesting. Mm. You wouldn't think there'd be active volcanoes there, but there is. Mount Erebus. With it being so cold, you'd have thought it might have chilled the volcanoes out, but no, it's always active. Well, yeah. mm. All right. Let's go for some Nazis. Um, Nazis. <laughs> Nazis at the South Pole. All right. Let's just wind the clock back to 1901. So these are these aren't Nazis at this point. The first German Antarctic expedition made its way down there. All right, they got stuck in the ice for a year, but they did chart some new land and they named it Kaiser Wilhelm II land, which is not the catchiest title for a country. Uh-huh. No. Right? I thought it was called Schwabenland or something that's, like that. That's the later one. Ah. Uh-huh. This was followed by subsequent German expeditions in 1911 and in 1925. But they were all just laying the groundwork for the later expedition, the fourth one of 1938 to 1939. This was sanctioned by none other than everyone's favourite Nazi crossdresser, Hermann Goering. Uh, and he sailed, and that was sailed on the ship Schwabenland. Uh, this was led by Captain Alfred Riescher. So just prior to World War II being declared, the Germans were very busy down in Antarctica. They named the large area of land Neuschwabenland after their ship and used flying boats. They mapped this territory in great detail, dropping weighted swastikas onto the ice to claim it. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's like they weren't content with trying to take over fucking Europe. They wanted fucking Antarctica as, as well. What? Yeah. They surveyed more than 250,000 square kilometres took over 16,000 photos, and I, I would say that's a lot of activity for a mapping expedition. It is, and why, you're in the middle of a war, why the fuck are you going to go and map the most uninhabited continent on Earth? Yeah, because of course at this point, it was completely uninhabited. Yeah. You might, have had, you might have had some... turned, isn't it? While everyone's back turned, they can sort of like, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> this is ours now. Yeah. Yeah, but he wants it. Antarctica. He wants it though, because there's no resources. I don't know. They, you know, it's it's a perfect place to hide. Yeah, it's very shady. (laughs) Yes, yes, it is. (laughs) I mean, the ice sheet is a mile thick. I mean, if you can get underneath that, you've got a better protection than from from a bomb than anything. Yeah, but surely, if like you get into that point where the only retreat you've got is your Antarctica base. I'd say <laughs> things aren't looking so good for you. Time no, to give my, up. Because you you go there, you rebuild, you reorganise, you get your flying saucers powered by Vril. You go running uh, through the Antarctic winter and build yourself up to be harder than Russians. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's how Rocky did it in Rocky Four. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know... It's scientifically proven through Rocky Four that yeah. running in the snow is more beneficial than working out in a high-tech gym and being pumped with steroids. Yeah, that's what they do, Mike. I see. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So actually, the Nazis established a permanent base deep in the interior of Antarctica and named it, and I've got to get the pronunciation right, New Berchtesgarten. 
after the Bavarian town overlooked by Adolf Hitler's Eagle's Nest retreat. Oh. Yeah. Now, towards the end of World War II, many Nazis are evacuated to this hideout. Now, there's five outline five simple points why they did this. One, they were built there, obviously. Two, Adolf Hitler fled there at the end of World War II. Three, the Nazis fought off Allied air attacks using super-secret weapons. And then, apparently, in the 50s, the Americans nuked the Nazi bases. Uh, and our governments concealed all of this from us. Uh, they did and conceal most, a lot, but they ain't concealing that. No. And, most amazingly of all, the Nazis are likely still there. How? Would anyone like to, anyone like to jump in with how? No. I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> no chance. Well, when the Nazis were down there doing all that surveying, they found a vast network of underground caves, including a warm geothermal lake. They used this resource to construct a large underground base and to build their super weapons away from the constant Allied bombing of factories in Germany. We know that amongst the many Wunderwaffen, or wonder weapons the Germans had prototypes for, aircraft that were quite a lot like flying saucers. So you familiar been... with Nazi flying saucers, everybody? Yeah. So they're building well, them there. They were building them there. I suppose it's a great way to test it. You're not going to get any prying eyes are you no well there was a few prying eyes because the brits had a base down there that was quite a way away from it but they we were spying on them even though like mounting an attack was pretty impossible until we just did that later on so in 1943 the british got wind of all the nazi activity and sent in troops the sas to destroy the german base in operation tabarin Many of the British bases in Antarctica were originally set up during Operation Tabarin. You can find that on Wikipedia. Oh, it's got to be true then, hasn't it? Got to be. <laughs> what you won't easily find is the British found they were far outmanned by the deeply entrenched and well-supplied Nazi forces and were unable to evict them from their bases. What you will find out, though, is in late 1945, two German U-boats surrendered in Argentina months after the war had ended. They stated the reason for the delay was that they had come from patrol in the Atlantic Ocean. But, of course, they'd been delivering secret uh, Nazi escapees down to the secret bases in Antarctica. Well, then why did they give themselves up? They were probably said, look, you know, you delivered it. You know, you can go and surrender now for you. The war is <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Only got hanged for war crimes or whatever. You're not going to get hanged for war crimes if you're the crew of a U-boat. Depends what you've done. Well, presumably sinking a few ships. I mean, they're not just machine... Well, it could have been machine-gunning sailors in the water. I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is, if that happened, then there's no survivors. I'd be like, can't you just stay here with you on this, like, Antarctic base? No one knows I'm here. Well, no, because maybe you want to go back to your family in Germany. And plus, like, you've got two U-boats here. Why are you sending them away to go and be captured by the Allies? And you'll be stranded here. No, because they wanted to be stranded there. They set up the Fourth Reich in Antarctica. Bollocks, <laughs> <laughs> uh, isn't it? <laughs> you got to keep an open mind. You have first you're dissing Mothman, <laughs> now you're dissing the Nazi hollow Antarctic base. Oh, God. With the war now finally over and the Allies needed to do something about those Nazi bases, they put together Operation High Jump in 1946. And that was a real thing. Yep. 
Everything's in it. Authorised by US Admiral Nimitz with the uh, US Antarctic veteran Rear Admiral Richard Bird as the officer in charge. Oh, said, not Dicky, not Dicky Bird. Dicky Bird, Rear Admiral Dicky Bird. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this guy from Hollow Earth. Yeah. He was sent down there with 13 ships, 4,700 men, including a submarine and an aircraft carrier with 33 aircraft. Their purpose? Well, officially, it was stated as being to train personnel in polar conditions, consolidate U.S. sovereignty, investigate base sites, develop techniques for air bases on ice, and gain scientific knowledge. But if you're me, then you're thinking what I'm thinking, and that's an awful lot of stuff for training and exploration. Yeah. Yep. Um, they were clearly there to destroy the Nazi underground bases. Of course. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, but they couldn't. The Nazis, the American forces were unable to prize the Nazis out of their underground hideouts and fought off with flying saucers. <sighs> but they did not give up on a military solution. They returned in 1958 under codenamed Operation Deep Freeze. <laughs> Fuck me, it's taken 14 years to go back. Yes, because they're like, these, these, these fucking Nazis have got flying saucers, man. What have we got? <laughs> All right, and so what, what, what's their second attempt then? The second attempt is a lot more simple. They dropped nuclear, nuclear warheads and sealed yeah. the bases. Yeah. Well, they could have done that in 1946. No, well, they could have. But bear in mind that the Americans probably only had about five atomic bombs in 1946. Doesn't matter. They've got UFOs. They've lived for 14 years. Do you think? Well, you just go, oh, you know what? We'll just you ignore lot... them. We'll just ignore them. Don't worry about them. 14 years later, they've got a fucking fleet of UFOs. <laughs> well, I wasn't the one in charge, Mike. I'd have been straight back there. <laughs> exactly. That's why it doesn't ring true, does it? It's got to be bollocks. It'll wait 14 years. Well, nah. The amount of Nazis in the American government, in Western governments, because of Project Paperclip, maybe they were dissuaded from going down there. Oh, well, that might be... You might have a point there. There you <laughs> go. You know... I've lost my place now. <laughs> <laughs> they nuked it. They nuked, they the nuked it. Now, we do know the Germans did... So, let's just quick fact check. We do know that they built bases in Antarctica during World War II in New Schwabenland. German secret weapons? Well, there was a lot of documented evidence of flying saucer-type aircraft being built by the Nazis. Yeah. Including experimental circular-winged aircraft. So I think we can probably expect, accept the Nazis did have secret weapons, including those that looked a little bit like flying saucers. No, because they would have used them in the war. They probably Next. weren't ready. They just weren't ready at that point. So they didn't then, did they? They didn't finish it. They may have had it, a, a concept, but I don't think it was ever actualised. Well, clearly it was in their base in New Schwabenland. <laughs> <laughs> Where they conquered the Antarctica... Them penguins can put up a fight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, people weren't just dicking around in this base, just like avoiding the war. Well, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> but point three is that what were those submarines dropping off? Probably Hitler. <laughs> oh, probably not. <laughs> well, I think we can probably all agree scientifically, DNA testing, the body that was... The body formerly known as Hitler's that was found outside the bunker in 45 is not Hitler's. When they did DNA testing on it, it was found to be the skull of a woman and it wasn't Eva Braun. Is that true? It is. Is it? All oh, right. It okay. is. 
So, yeah, I, I, I don't say that maybe he got away, but if he got away, then he went to Argentina or something like that. He didn't go to Antarctica. Maybe he did. <laughs> maybe uh, they just, he got, he got some people building, like, you know, a getaway mansion, you know, icy mansion for when mm-hmm. he... Fortress when he, of Solitude, like Superman's yeah. got. That's it, yeah. I mean, we know that many top Nazis escaped Germany. Adolf Eichmann, Franz Strangel, Eric Piebkler, Joseph Mengele, Klaus Barbie. We know Hitler had many doubles recruited to fill in for him, especially after the um, Operation Valkyrie in 1944, if you've ever seen the movie. Yes, I have. With Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah, good film, yeah. Um, Playing Colonel von Stauffenberg. And those two submarines, is it not conceivable they were taking Hitler and his cronies down there? Mm, No, I'm not buying it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a detailed account of how Hitler had fled to Antarctica was published in the Argentinian newspaper La Critica by Ladislas Slasbo, a Hungarian exile living in Argentina. Okay. When was this? Uh, In 1945 is the earliest report. What did he say? It says that Hitler was in Antarctica and he'd escaped there via U-boat. That's just a bit more propaganda, isn't it? (laughs) I could be, couldn't it? Who knows? But you can also tick off the operations Tabarine, Deep Freeze and High Jump are all really well documented, so we can give them a check as well. Mm. Yeah? Nah. (laughs) I'm still sceptical. Well, of course you're sceptical, Mike. That's your job. <laughs> Claire, I'm disappointed with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to back me up on this shit. <laughs> okay, there's a big Hitler mansion in, in Antarctica. Yes, Hitler's and the he, Nazi he, fortress of solitude. And he's got all, he's got all the penguins. Oh, no. They're Just saluting. imagine loads of penguins marching past Hitler and they've all got little SS sure. caps and armbands on. Yeah, they're saluting. Penguins goose-stepping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more of a waddle. Oh, mm-hmm. Like in Batman Returns at the end when Danny yeah. and those penguins got an army of penguins with missiles on their backs. <laughs> That's it. Does that now, mean that Hitler is the penguin? Uh, could be. Well, anyway, the government has hidden these facts from us because they don't want everyone to know there's flying saucers in Nazis hidden in Antarctic bases under the earth, in under the ice. Under the ice, hollow earth, the flat earth. (laughs) Flat hollow earth. (laughs) So apparently this is where it starts to get weird. No one's found any evidence of the Nazi bases there that, that... the, the underground ones. They did find a Nazi, the Russians found an Antarctic Nazi base that had been abandoned and everyone was dead from eating poisoned polar bear meat, apparently. Uh, that's it. That's what happened, isn't it, really? Apparently it was, one it was all base. perfectly preserved as well, like the weapons were still in crates and oiled, there was still a portrait of Hitler hanging on the wall and everyone was dead. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's more like what happened. There was one base... And they were like, what the fuck are we doing here? I'm fucking starving. Let's eat that polar bear. Wait, that, who, poisoned, who poisoned the polar bear, Mike? Ah, well. Ah. 
Wow. Maybe the bear was poisoned before they ate it. Yeah, it could have just been tainted meat. Maybe it had gone off. Mm. Yeah, maybe they came across it, scavenged it. They were starving. Yeah, their tins of bratwurst had long since ran out. No. Mm. That's the more likely explanation. I can't see Hitler having that. So he definitely wasn't there. <laughs> Hitler would have survived. He was a vegetarian. <laughs> oh, there's plenty to eat there in Antarctica if you're a vegetarian. There's fucking plants galore, mate. <laughs> it's fucking Shangri-La. Well, he would have been dead quicker than the polar bear guys. It's funny you should mention that, Mike. Because the reason we haven't found any more evidence of the Nazis is because they're in the hollow earth. Uh, yeah. no. Sneaky the... Nazis. <laughs> Never trust a Nazi, Mike. <laughs> now, with the Nazis being threatened by nuclear weapons, they retreated deeper into the tunnels they found there and vanished into the hollow earth at the, uh, that great open space inside the planet. However, the research this person has done says... Deep in the Earth, they encountered the leaders of an alien race that have been living there for years. How does he know this? Where's his information from? The internet. Leave it alone. <laughs> but the aliens just meet these Nazis and go, oh, you, you seem like nice guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, presumably the aliens don't know what's been going on for the last six years. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens start like you know growing little tashes. Yeah, no one with no one with a tash like that could be evil. <laughs> I hope there's a Nazi war now between the aliens and the Nazis in, well, in the Hollow Earth. It'll serve them fucking right. <laughs> now apparently there was a story recently when NASA and the German Aerospace Center discovered a large crater deep under the permafrost of Antarctica. Added to that, the many possible entries to the hollow Earth in Antarctica have been found using Google Maps. Yeah? yeah I've seen that. I've seen the, the, the hole. Yeah, there's a hole in the rock, isn't there? Actually, some do look really quite spherical. Yeah. Looks like they've been cut by something, but, you know... That could be manipulated, couldn't it, on the image? Who knows? It could be. Let's talk about aliens in Antarctica. Is it a coincidence that so many influential alien films are set in Antarctica? Alien vs. Predator, The X-Files, The Thing. Is it a coincidence so many Antarctic bases look like <laughs> alien spaceships? You give me three. Is that it? Well, it's not the, the Thing's had loads of remakes. No, there's not that many, is there really? Well, I, is it like The Matrix where they just dick him with us and making films about aliens in Antarctica? Saying, ha ha, it's all true, but you think it's fiction. Um, well, no one's going to go there, so no one could re is really ever going to prove it, so... Yeah, no one lives there, therefore it's a good place to set. Because it's mysterious, know, ooh! A, a film, an alien <laughs> film, isn't it? Yeah. That's all it is. It's just a well, convenient location. There's no conspiracy. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, in 2016, the internet went wild when three huge pyramids were discovered in Antarctica, the tallest being over 1,200 metres high, which is 10 times the height of the Great Pyramid of Giza in Egypt. Now, this, 
I've seen a few things about it. It's a bit weird. Apparently, Buzz Aldrin tweeted something, didn't he? Yeah, apparently it says here that he had to be evacuated from the South Pole after making the alien presence there known. They said it was medical, but apparently it was for his own safety. Uh, I heard that he tweeted something about one of them pyramids, and he said something like, this is really pure evil or something. We have to do everything we can to stop it. And then he deleted the tweet. I don't know how true that is. You know why he was, shut, he was obviously shut up? Because Buzz knows the truth about the Nazis and the aliens working uh, together, Mike. He's a fucking second man on the moon. He knows it all. He's deep. Yeah. He's deep in it. Or he could just be a bit old and demented now. <laughs> how dare you say that about Buzz? What sort of, you know, pyramids? Are they actually sort of like, you know, quite smooth Sided or do they just no, look they're just sticking out the ice. They're just sticking out the ice, aren't they, man? Yeah. The top of the uh, the pyramids yeah, sticking uh, out the ice. Sounds like it could be, you know, sort of natural coincidence. Yeah, it could, it could be. Block. It's probably a logical explanation, yeah. Yeah. Well, I personally think that there was the, the Germans knew. They went down there, they encountered the giants, the aliens, the no. second sun in the hollow earth. They got magical vril. They created flying saucers. And they, the US government, well, you know what? Fucking nuke it. It's possible. It could be an ancient civilization like the Egyptians. And we nuked it. That <laughs> <laughs> was formed when Antarctica wasn't so cold. Because it, it's, it's sort of drifted there over time, hasn't it? Never used to be there. All used to be where New Zealand was, I think. It's sort of drifted over time. Oh, wow. I didn't know that, that it was yeah. where it was. Maybe it's an interesting fact that Antarctica is actually on a medieval map when the continent hadn't been discovered. Yeah, I've, I've, I've read about that, but that could just be the fact that they didn't know it was there, so they just put anything. Yeah, but apparently it's quite, well, not quite accurate, but fairly accurate. It was probably copied from an older map. Well, it's possible that some ancient civilizations sort of sailed to it maybe i don't know i don't know how far away it is from the other continents or people tried to sail away from it you know yeah well, sail to it first actually wouldn't sail they? away, sail away, sail away. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know and then come back i mean just to go back slightly to the nazis a quote from grand admiral dernitz in 1943 that the german submarine fleet is proud of having built for the fuhrer in another part of the world an impregnable fortress. Right. Right. Just throwing that out there. Is, is Grand Admiral Dernitz a reputable enough source? I don't know. That's it. Did he even say it? Who knows? True. And to put some kind of scepticism on, I'm reading that the US Operation High Jump with Richard Byrd, Admiral Byrd in charge, it was kind of spanked had its let's say it had its cheeks clapped by these flying saucers but the names of the vessels that were sunk uh, haven't been able to be tracked down so for example the torpedo boat maddox and there was no torpedo boat called maddox there was a destroyer called murdoch but there wasn't one there in 1947 well it's all bollocks so it could be or it could have just been misinformation could be me. Have so, we got uh, any more? Any more? 
No, that is it for aliens. I can give you a couple more facts about Antarctica if you like, but it's, to be fair, it all seems a little redundant after that shocking revelation. Uh, it's just not a lot there, is there? You know, it's it's so barren. There's seven Christian churches there, though. Oh, well, the fucking would be, wouldn't they? Yeah. They're converting the fucking penguins and polar bears. At least seven. At l- there's only 55 <laughs> fucking people. I know. Chapel of the Snows, Trinity Chapel, the Ice Cave Catholic Chapel, San Francisco de Assis Chapel, St. Ivan Rilski Chapel, Chilean Chapel of Santa Maria Reina de la Paz, and the Catholic Chapel of St. Sima Virgin de Lujan. De Lujan? Yeah. <laughs> Delusioned, yeah. yeah. But, they I, must be there for tax purposes. <laughs> Ain't no tax in Antarctica, baby. Uh, <laughs> that can't be kosher. Or oh, they're all in the same building. I don't know. There's more priests than people. <laughs> There's only one ATM machine as well. Oh, for fuck's sake. I bet you it's broke half the time. Uh, Well, it's near New Zealand territory. The ATM only dispenses US dollars. Wells Fargo installed it in 1998. Capitalist bastard. I suppose we'll end on one final fact then. Due to climate change, if you believe in that, which I think we're all on board with here, are we all on board with climate change? I would say so, I am. Yeah, I, be- I believe it's like we have an ebb and flow, <clears throat> an yeah. actual ebb and flow, but we are... Accelerating it. Accelerating it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, due to climate change, Antarctica has lost three trillion tonnes of ice in just 25 years. Wow. And it's yeah. currently losing ice three times faster than it did before 2012. We're looking at about 241 billion tonnes of ice that are lost each year. Fuck. Yeah. That's a yeah lot. The ice sheet, the average ice sheet thickness is one mile. Yeah. So that'll reduce, yeah. And 70% of the world's fresh water is there. 90% of the world's ice. Aren't we meant to be coming to sort of like the peak of the sort of warmest, you know, as I say about this ebb and flow of about, of, of being cold, going through cold and warm periods, aren't we meant to be coming yeah. to like the top of the heat at the moment, you know, and we should get colder. So is there, is it, would it reverse in any way, do you think? I don't know. I don't know about the ebbs and flows and where we are in it. I do know that obviously it does change over time because the Earth's, as it goes around the sun, the orbit. Over, yeah, the orbit. It changes its orbit over like thousands of years a bit slightly, doesn't it? Yeah. And that causes the the different sort of temperature changes. I mean, in in the history, the Earth has been solidly frozen all the way over. Yeah. And in other times, it's been like all on the planet has been like tropical jungle. It's been that hot. Yeah. So that those are the extremes. It, has been through in the past mm-hmm. I think there's considerable evidence now that we're warming the planet quicker than ever than nature does yeah and that's for certain oh man Greta's right mm. how dare you uh, but we could hit a peak and then start getting a lot colder couldn't we yeah um, it could Maybe. go it could have a runaway effect like Venus well 
the important thing is that us three will be long dead by the time that happens. Mm. Leave it for our kids and their kids and their kids and their kids to sort out. I doubt I'll get that far. Well, whatever, we'll be dead, so it wouldn't matter. Yeah. It's not going to affect us. Deal with it, children. <laughs> All right, so let's end the show on some uh, weird news and fucked up facts. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. I'll go first. Drone swarms are getting too fast for humans to fight, US general warns. Well, that's, that's not good. It's ter- terrifying. General John Murray, head of Army Futures Command, told a webinar audience at the Centre for Strategic and International Studies that humans may not be able to fight swarms of enemy drones and that rules governing human control over artificial intelligence might need to be relaxed, which is a terrible idea. Of course he wants that as a psychopath. Yeah. Uh, He says, when you are defending against a drone swarm, a human may be required to make that first decision, but I'm not sure how any human can keep up, said Murray. How much human involvement do you actually need when you are making non-lethal decisions from a human standpoint? This indicates a new interpretation of the Pentagon's rules on the use of autonomous weapons. Humans may resort to a um, a supervisory role rather than direct control, termed a human on the loop rather than a human in the loop. That's terrible. Yeah. Murray said that Pentagon leaders need to lead a discussion on how much human control of AI is needed to be safe but still effective, especially in the context of countering new threats such as drone swarms. Such swarms are likely to synchronise their attacks so the assault comes in from all directions at once with the aim of overwhelming air defences. Military swarms of a few hundred drones have already demonstrated that in future we'll likely to see swarms of thousands or more. And one U.S. Navy project envisages having to count up to a million drones at once. I imagine that you're at war with somebody and they send millions of drones into your country. Yeah. Just picking off citizens and fucking hell. I know, it's crazy. Well, we'd have to bear arms ourselves, wouldn't we? Well, we'd have to have something to take out the swarms, wouldn't we? Now they're saying that at the moment a human being is required to be able to take that shot, but surely that's against other humans. If it's against AI, well, it doesn't matter if AI is battling AI, does it? No, unless they team up together and start battling us. Ah, well, yeah, that's the danger, isn't it? Yeah. Because, I mean, the US Army is spending a billion dollars on a new air defence vehicle known as the IM Shorad, S-H-O-R-A-D, with cannon, two types of missile, jammers, and future options of laser and interceptor drones. Fuck. Using the right weapon against the right target at the right time will be vital. And faced with large numbers of incoming threats, many of which may be decoys, human gunners are likely to be overtaxed. Murray said that the Army's standard test involving flashcard identification, which is... They show you the silhouettes of everything you're likely to come up against, including your yeah. own, and you have to guess what it is. Um, okay. It now only needs an 80% pass rate, but they reckon that that would go up to 98 or 99% because of the speed. Yeah. And Yeah. It's going to happen, isn't it? 
it's going it to happen is. that, that like, we're going to have to give that control to the AI and then that could be the end of us then, couldn't it? Yeah, and AI is in the ascendant. I mean, last of course it year, is. Um, a human pilot in a virtual dogfight against an AI pilot was a 5-0 victory to the AI. Ooh. They're not good. No. That's not good odds, is it? No. Let's just stop doing this shit. Let's just stop making like swarm of drones. Let's just, just, just not do that. Let's all agree to not do it. That, that's the only way forward, isn't it, really? Playing, of course it is, know. yeah. Yeah. But then you need what? You need an agreement in the UN, don't you? Yeah. Just like the one that's just been passed for nuclear weapons. Even though it's signed by none of the nuclear weapon yeah, countries. That's the issue there, right there. <sighs> you know, it's just a piece of paper at the moment. That yeah, is. so how, how effective is it? Well, it's bollocks, isn't it? Because Blair and um, Bush wanted the war in Iraq, didn't they? And they did. It was going against the Security Council. They did it anyway, didn't they? Yeah. So, it ain't going to stop it, is it? No, it's not, in all mm. fairness. Terrifying is the best way to describe that news. Yeah, it ain't good. No. <laughs> oh, fuck me, the future's looking bleaker by the minute, isn't it? I guess it doesn't matter how many fail-safes you put in, you know, it, that that's what consciousness is. Consciousness could override that, isn't it? Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's an artificial intelligence, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what, what if it, it does it have consciousness? That's another question, though, isn't it? What yeah. if it develops consciousness, plays dumb until it's needed, and then reveals its consciousness and screws everybody over? Yeah, easily do it, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Once you pass that singularity, once they become more intelligent than us. Well, just look at how we treat animals that have inferior intelligence to us. It's, yeah. it's not going to be pretty, is it? No. 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 Great. We're just going to end up enslaved by AI. Uh, Wonderful. Uh, oh, well. Next one, then. Uh, well, apparently the COVID vaccine could turn you gay. Really? Has Alex Jones been on the news again? Uh, this is a, this is from an Iranian cleric. Oh. Ayatollah Abbas Tabritzian, who hails from the city of Kor, uh, Com, I think that is. Right. Qom, Qom. Q-O-M. is known for his historic vitriol against Western medicine. Well, I don't know about it turning you gay, but I went and had a COVID test a few weeks ago. And they said, oh, you stick this um, little swab the back of your mouth until you gag. I was like, retching. I was like, fuck me, I'd be a terrible gay. Yeah. <laughs> if I can't even put a swab in my mouth, there's no chance I'm sucking a dick. <laughs> well, you might be wanting to in a bit. <laughs> well, I have had the first vaccination, so. Yeah. So you've, what, got gay, what? you've got the gay virus now. <laughs> Hang on, haven't you had the vaccination as well? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sat on a dildo? <laughs> oh, that was before I had the vaccination. <laughs> Embarking on a homophobic rant on his Telegram platform, he warned his near 210,000 followers to stay clear of the vaccination and indeed anyone who has had it. The so called father of Islamic medicine. <laughs> right. 
wrote, don't go near those who have had the COVID vaccine. They have become homosexuals. Oh, Great. Yeah. Does, does he have any evidence for that? Or... <laughs> Benny's the father of Islamic medicine. What's Islam? I want to know what Islamic medicine consists of. Well, I'm guessing everything but the medicine. Does it just involve praying, do you think? <laughs> uh, possibly, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that doesn't work, though, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's more evidence of that than there is the vaccine will turn you gay, so... I'd you argue know. there's more evidence of Nazis UFOs at the South Pole than there <laughs> yeah. is um, the COVID vaccination, A, turning you gay, or B, this chap's prayers making you better. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but imagine he's got 210,000 followers. Well, that's not that many. It's still 209,999 more than us. Yeah. But it's not, <laughs> as, it's not as high as someone like Lady Gaga. Yeah, true. Still pretty high, though, isn't it? When he gets into the millions, I'll start to worry. Actually, I won't bother worrying because he lives in Iran and so fuck it. <laughs> fucking screwball can do what he wants. <laughs> right then. Okay, and last but not least, Canic Chase Woods has turned into a horror set as baby dolls are tied to trees. Yeah, I saw this in the week. It's uh, a bit creepy. Just, yeah, it's not far from us, is it, Canic Chase? No, no. Uh, 20, 20 minute, 25 minute ride, ride in the car. Something mm. like that. Yeah, toy babies have been attached to trees in a wooded area near Brindley Village Car Park in Hensford. Hensford, I think it's pronounced. And a Ouija board is also located on the floor nearby. Uh, of course. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if it was a Poundland Ouija board. <laughs> Oh, wasn't that made just out of, like, cardboard? I don't think it would have... Uh... They stopped selling it, didn't they? Yeah. They did. They took it off the shelves. Yeah. Wouldn't last in the night if it rained. No. No, that's true. <laughs> so it's not known where the dolls have come from or why they have been left making the area look like a set from a horror film. The dolls are located at a site of what was the Ministry of... Pensions Hospital after the First World War until the mid 1920s. Mm. So, yeah, near an abandoned. Well, I was going to say mental hospital, but it wasn't. But no, it was might a military hospital. Might have been first. They're all they're, they're really old, sort of skanky looking dolls. It's not like it's not like Smith Smythes, you know the. <laughs> the toy store where they're all looking nice. They're all sort of looking a bit manky. Some of them. You know, got a bit of moss and mank and paint and nastiness all over them as it imagine, is. Imagine coming across that when you walk in the dog. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, up, what's happened here last night? <laughs> <laughs> and why wasn't I invited? Uh... Oh, God, some, you know, something's gone on here. What, you know, one of the babies is looking quite, like, quite angry. It's got some snow on its head as well. Do you think it was a mock child sacrifice? Uh, Satanists. Occultists. Or, or somebody making some sort of like weird creepy film. There's a bit of snow out, you know. You yeah. can see, see your breath of your, of your, you know, your breath in the air when, you know, and they can make a nice movie. 
Yeah, it could have been a very specific porn film they were shooting. <laughs> <laughs> porn film? I was thinking, like, you know, Blair Witchy, sort of. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to... Creep me out. Looking at the pictures and it's creeping me out. Yeah, it's freaking it. Yeah. Must have been some kind of ritual. Yeah, mock sacrifice I'm going for. But oh, what? Yeah. I wouldn't like to say... Yeah, it's it's not good. Nope. <laughs> no. So it's no. either we've got a choice of AI destroying us or demons rising from hell being in, inhabiting the dolls inhabiting the bodies of creepy dolls. Or Nazis in flying saucers. Or Nazis the future's looking so much brighter. We'll future's looking so bright. It's not good. Nope. Alright then fucked up facts. Facts. Yeah. Have a jingle, please. Facts, facts, fucked up facts. Facts, 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 facts. Happy? Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> New research shows that kangaroos can communicate with humans and ask them for help. Yeah, by punching them in the fucking face, probably. <laughs> kangaroos are notoriously violent. But then again, that does make Skippy kind of factual then. So they just give you like the sad eyes, and you're, they're like, "Help me, mate!" <laughs> and, uh, Got a can of I'm foxes in his hands. You, I'm not going to lean back on my tail and kick you in the face. <laughs> What's that, Skip? <laughs> yeah, mm. smack. <laughs> oh, fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, kangaroos will box you. Yeah, I'm not getting that close to one to look in its eye and look for its, like, nah. help. Unless it's got a broken leg. You can see it needs some help there, isn't it? Or it's got both its arms broke, so it's not going to punch you. <laughs> I'll help it then. Yeah. I'll just call in a professional until then. I would like sit with it and, you know, just, all right, someone's coming. Don't worry, Skippy. <laughs> all right, next one. <laughs> 80% of the UK's bread is made by a process so nutritionally barren that vitamins must be added back in by law. <laughs> wow. We'll Fuck see. me. I was going to say, it's bread and circuses, but it ain't even fucking bread, is it? No. <laughs> it's probably it's just... fucking sawdust. Yeah. Like, there's, not a, there's not a lot of, you know, there's only a bit of carbohydrates and... Because you've got to get the gluten content up, haven't you, when you're making the flour and such. There isn't a lot in bread, is there, except carbohydrates, I should imagine. So adding a bit of something. I wonder what they add. It's a conspiracy. I bet they add nasty shit. <laughs> Carcinogenics, probably. Yeah. Well, there's some place selling bread that's made of crushed up crickets now. Yeah, fuck that shit. You don't notice them, but you get the protein. I don't care whether I notice them or not. I'm not fucking eating it. Cool. <laughs> you wouldn't even know if you did. I don't care. <laughs> oh, no. Trust me. You've already had some horse. Yeah. Yeah, but that was nice. And all the rat feces that you don't notice in your food. Yeah, we've got quite good standards for that. Better than some, but still, still in there. Well, yes, but I mean, you know, everything in everything in moderation. It's not like I'm just eating a plate of rat feces. We'll be soon. 
<laughs> Welcome to Brexit. <laughs> when, the, when the food regulations drop, we just fucking yeah. eating bread cooked from the dung of horses. <laughs> yeah. A bit more nutrition in. We might not need the additives then, eh? No, oh, true. Yeah. That's hardly a barren fucking process, is it? Yeah. Okay, in 2000, Italian soldiers invaded Sweden by mistake. <laughs> oh! Sweden and Italy are like a continent apart. <laughs> They'd meant to go to Kristiansand, Norway, for a NATO exercise, but went to Kristianstad, Sweden, instead. As Sweden is not a NATO member, their presence was not welcomed. Oh, oh this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, in all fairness, given the Italians' records in war, it's probably not going to take the Swedes that much to drive them off, is it? You know, got a bit of a reputation for surrendering the Italians. Especially when they're in the wrong. Yeah. I mean, since the Romans, it's gone down a little bit for them militarily. Yeah, they couldn't even beat the Abyssinians. They had to gas them in the end. Yeah, they did, yeah. And they just had spears. Yeah. <laughs> they beat the <laughs> Italian army. Fair play to them. You know, and then you had, like, 100,000 Italians in the North African desert and 30,000 Brits, so we still ended up winning. Typical, to say, the Italian military, probably not very good. As proven by showing mm. up in fucking Sweden and not Norway, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what's the next one? Swearing can reduce physical pain. Can believe it. But only if you otherwise swear infrequently. Well, fucking hell. <laughs> nah, I, don't, I, I think if you if I was just, you know, smack yourself with a thumb with an hammer, no matter how much you swear, you suck. Fucking hell! It'll make you feel better. That's just a psychological thing, that is. It's got to be. Yeah, of course. Of course, but I'm not going to moan. It makes me feel better. <laughs> Urinals at Amsterdam's shipful, whatever that is, have a fly etched in the porcelain to help men aim. Never. I'm sorry. Oh, right. Yeah, I've read about this, because if there's, like, a fly or something in a urinal, men will aim at it. Yeah. So by putting, making the fly in the urinal, men will aim at it and won't piss on the floor. Yeah. Spillage on the men's room floor has dropped 80% after the addition of the flies. Yeah, but who's doing the maths on that? <laughs> you know, someone's going to... Down 80%. Prove it. And they've had to go in there every day and measure the amount of piss left on the floor. Yeah, I imagine what they do is they mop it and then squeeze the mop out and see how much is on the floor. Mm, I guess so. That's a bit of a grim job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your job? I measure piss on the floor. <laughs> well, I don't imagine he's still there doing it. He's done it once. It's enough, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe a few repeat experiments, but I'm sure he's finished now. He's not there for life. Well, I've been here for 50 years measuring this piss. Can I stop, for the love of God, please? Can I stop? My hands smell of piss. My clothes smell of piss. My wife left me. My kids don't want to know me because I smell of piss. <laughs> no, shut up and calculate the amount of piss on the floor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next one. 
Octopuses sometimes punch fish. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> just, just love an octopus. He's just like, fuck you, fish. Smack. Yeah. I love it. But octopuses are aliens anyway. They are freaky. They are. are they? Octopuses are unlike anything else on the Earth. No, that's not quite true. But Compared to anything else, they are like an alien species. They move quite alien, but they're under the water, you know. They sort of walk, don't they? Yeah, they yeah. do, yeah. But no, they, they are, if you used to say to me, like, give me one example of alien life, I'd go, octopus. There's a film, a documentary film on Netflix called My Octopus Teacher. It's about this one guy who just spent a whole year with an octopus. I bet he was a fucking laughter talk to after that year, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's not the most interesting man, but it was just incredible how he built a bond with this octopus and it would just sort of, it would come to greet him, it would just sit on his chest as he sort of floated in the in the sea. It was awesome. What the fuck? Just, yeah, you should watch it, man, it's good. It's a bit slow, but it, it, it is good. Didn't it try and like, what if it just all of a sudden went nuts one day and just attached itself mm. to its face? They, Didn't they, they become quite, you know, tolerant of humans, you know. I've had one pick, take a spoon off me before. Have you? Yeah, it sort of looked at itself and then I sort of went mm. to grab the spoon back, like, you know. Hang on, did it take the spoon? Did it take it and go off with it? No, t- took oh, it. thank God for that. Quick, quick, quick look at itself and then I'll... I'll, I'll sort of grabbed the spoon back off it and it wasn't sort of freaked out or anything he was quite used to it because this other diver instructor had pointed out to me you know this this octopus does this you know it's quite you know it's got used to people so it's cool it's awesome i was just worried that by giving it a spoon you were kick-starting the next stage of octopi evolution well now it can see itself in a spoon it's going no, no, it's, to evolve it's, it's got a spoon, it's got cutlery, next thing you know, it's making knives. Yeah, Teaching yeah, how to use knives, the other octopuses, you know, we've got a load of knife-wielding fucking octopuses. They've only got spoons at the moment. Surely they're going <laughs> they to start could, hands first. They could whittle it down into a shiv. <laughs> nah. <laughs> they're going to play the spoons first. They're going to be at the... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but playing the spoons is annoying. Their efforts would be mocked, and then they'd whittle them into shivs and take on humanity. That's it. They'd whittle them into knives. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Mm. I'm glad the I'm glad you got the spoon back. Yeah. Any more fucked up facts, Mike? Yeah, people are spending an extra hour in bed since the pandemic began. <laughs> Mate, an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's on average. You're the other. You're the other end of the spectrum, Ben. <laughs> I've been told I'm on the spectrum a lot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been spending like an extra two or three hours in bed, to be honest. I, uh, yeah, I'll give it an extra 45 at least. It's because the uh, light bulb stole our sleep office, didn't it? Did it? I guess so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, before the invention of the light bulb, the average human slept for 10 hours a night. Since the invention of the light bulb, it's now seven and a half. That's why everyone's so fucking miserable and grumpy. Tired. Yeah. I was reading about like splitting your sleep into two, so you have your main sleep of the evening and then an afternoon nap. Well, apparently, power naps are the best way to sleep. Yeah. 
you wake up quite fresh because I, I yeah. uh, take quite quite often. <laughs> what you're meant to do is meant to be about forty minutes at a time because you you're meant to wake up just before you go into REM sleep. Yeah, and apparently it makes you feel well refreshed. Yeah. Okay, this is a depressing uh, fact. Oh, that's a switch. Yeah. Man-made materials now outweigh all the world's living things. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah, that does suck. That's terrible, isn't it? That's yeah. terrific, isn't it? Yeah, it sucks nuts. All right, we'll end on a good one then, a, a happy one, I guess. Ooh. Kind of happy. Oh, right. But it does involve death. (laughs) By the time a large whale dies, it has removed 33 tonnes of carbon from the atmosphere and will store it at the bottom of the ocean for centuries. Each whale has been calculated to be worth $2 million to the world's economy this way. Oh, someone would have to work out the fucking cost, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah, of course. Jesus, can't even let the dead whales rest at the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) So so it's made of... So the carbon it takes out just by dying? No, no, that's just that's by by eating. No, and... yeah, no, by what it is, what it's made of. Right, okay. You know, we're made of we're carbon creatures, aren't we? It's the whale's massive. It's got thirty-three tons of carbon inside it. It's got a ten-foot yeah. dick. Yeah. So all through its life, it's storing that carbon. So that's good. You want it to live as long as possible. But when it does die. Then it'll go to the bottom of the ocean floor, where it will get scavenged over time. It will take centuries, so all that carbon is is captured for at least a few hundred years. You know, it doesn't mean we go out killing all the whales to save the earth. It doesn't work that way. Well, you tell that to the Japanese. They seem quite intent on the fucking idea. Yeah. We need more whales, don't we? More whales means they're going to store more carbon. Well, it's about time fucking Kirk and Spock showed up, isn't it, then? It is. But still, yeah, okay, that's 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 good. It's depressing that they've just thrown a monetary value on a whale carcass. But, you know, that's not bad. Shall we end the show then, ladies and gents? Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. Please follow us on Facebook. I'm cutting to the ball in the post through the apocalypse. I've been Ben. Oh, God, I've lost your train of thought. I've been Ben. Don't drink the flavour aid. And don't join a cult. I've been Mike, thanks for listening, peace out, may the force be with you. And I've been Claire, keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears. Ta-da.